Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. What's going on politically these days is sort of why I picked the topic here of the tension that's in the system, and I mean the financial system. Year and a half into uh, rising rates, we're still looking for some evidence of things slowing down, which is why they raised the rates. Unemployment shouldn't be at 3.4, it should be at 4. Initial claims are up a little tiny bit. Interest rates are down, they shouldn't be. We'll start with the inflation numbers. They have come down, not as much as the Fed has hoped, but it's still a pretty good number. We're below 5. Energy has slowed. Core goods have slowed. Food has slowed. Housing is not. And as we've discussed several times in the past, housing is the first sector that really should be impacted with rising rates. And that's still a struggle today. The rest of the consumer, they care about their jobs, but the anticipation of more layoffs, that's slowed. There's less announcements in the S&P 500. There's less announcements in technology. There's fewer chances that there's going to be another change in labor, whether it's due to artificial intelligence or whatever. So 3.4 is where we are. It's a little bit low. And initial claims have just crept up a little tiny bit. You look at some of the employment numbers saying, oh, we used to have this great job market, people standing around waiting for better jobs, so on and so forth. Well, most of that was fluff. Fluff is a diplomatic term fluff in the information. A lot of these places you see fewer jobs available, mostly in information, call it technology. That was the fact that a lot of these services and a lot of the apps had eight jobs available, theoretically, when there's really only one available from the particular employer. So they're cleaning up that data. Most of the changes here are more accuracy in the data, a little less fluff. The only thing that has changed a little bit is the government, or the various governments, federal, state, whatever, are hiring some more people back that, well, they left during COVID, they left for whatever it was. They left because states, a lot of the states, including Colorado, cut back on a lot of things thinking that their revenues were going to fall apart with COVID. As we know now, they in fact did not, and revenues are fine. They haven't slowed either, so they're hiring people back. Well, it's supposed to be getting rid of people, not hiring people when rates are going up. People should be spending money. Well, they're doing okay, but they're certainly not using their credit card. I mean, the actual growth in credit card spending is zero. You look at foreclosures, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Some of the highest foreclosures, and isn't much of a number, are in credit cards. And it's just gone over 4%. Still a pretty small number. Nothing where it should be. If the consumer hasn't built themselves into a little bubble, well, they haven't built themselves because there's no evidence of it. The bankruptcies are kind of flat. They aren't climbing like they should. Foreclosures are flat, up a teeny tiny bit, but still tiny, certainly down in the lower end of history, not where they should. Bank requirements, bank lending standards, Everything that has to do with how money is available to people, those standards are up. They're up for credit cards, they're up for cars, 
small businesses, commercial loans, everything. But demand isn't there. They've been cranking the lending standards thinking they're gonna get better quality loans. Well, the problem is getting loans in the first place because there's not a lot of need for money. Again, that's another problem with rates going up. The housing market, like I mentioned before, should be way down and being gloomy. You go out in these neighborhoods and there should be a home for sale on every block. Now, for the most part, there isn't. Last month, 360 or so billion dollars worth of new mortgages buying property. It's an unastonishing number for history, but considering where we are in this interest rate cycle, it should be way lower, and it's not. The only thing that's really lower is the boom in the COVID refinance market is over. People are really happy with the low rates they had. They did a refi, they got lower, they got a bunch of money. They still have a bunch of money, and they're not refining anymore. Rarely do people refinance their house into a higher mortgage rate. And that's the only thing that's really shown in these numbers. Well, the debt ceiling is something of an issue. It's an issue everywhere. I, I'm, I'm sorry some people are feeling bad about that. Secretary Janet Yellen was out on the media this past weekend, the last couple of weeks, basically saying, and I don't mean any real disrespect, but it's like Auntie Janet saying, you kids shouldn't be playing in the street because it's dangerous. And I hope somebody doesn't get run over. Well, that's where we are today. The president and the, I guess, the Speaker of the House, they're still chatting, they're still trying to do whatever it is they do. The triggering event here is Mr. Biden has got to go deal with the G7 in Japan. And I'm sure he doesn't want to sit there and have six other members say, gee, Mr. President, are your checks going to bounce? All of these countries, Japan included, own a lot of treasuries. <laughs> And this game that they're playing is just that, but it is embarrassing and it's holding things back. Actually, one of the biggest things it's holding right back is what's going on with the banks. We know that's a result of increased rates. We know that we've been through all that and uninsured deposits. Silicon Valley and the other banks looking, the bill to the FDIC is looking at about 15 billion. Right now, the total fund there is $125, $130 billion. I mean, the fund is fine. Eh, they'll get that money back from the nine big, huge banks, the two big-to-fail banks. That won't be a problem. But what they're looking at is there has been a shake in confidence. There are some commercial loans that are in question right now. If you, let's say, own an office building in St. Louis, it doesn't mean it's the hottest commodity on the market right now. So there are some commercial loans are in question. There's a commercial loans, and that's really the, the bailiwick of the regional banks, not the real big ones. So the issues with that will inspire the FDIC, and you can count on it, that the FDIC is going to start mergers. Whether it's voluntary mergers or not, the FDIC is going to say, well, we wonder about you a little bit, so what we're going to do is merge you with another one. Yay, here's your new boss, kind of thing. There's about 4,700 banks out there, and that's half what there was 30 years ago. And we could go half again. The regulator, the FDIC, and most of you know, I'm, I think the FDIC is an excellent regulator. 
they aren't going to fool with it. They are going to make these banks as secure as possible and get confidence back from the consumers. One of the issues is the FDIC has asked for another $100 billion line of credit to help fund this fund because they're probably not going to go back to a low limit on insured. That's a different subject. But the $250,000 limit will probably be, well, either increased or eliminated altogether. So the FDIC wants more money in the fund. Easy to do. Treasury can't act. Treasury can't move. Money the other thing. So just for humor, and this was very humorous to the people, and I mean that sarcastically, very humorous to the people in the investment committee this morning. This is what's known as a credit default swap. A credit default swap is basically something you'd buy in anticipation of a credit, or in this case a government, the United States government, defaulting on their debt. I mean, a credit default swap right now in Argentina is pretty expensive because they are going to default again. But right now, you go out and buy a credit default swap on the United States to go buy gold or whatever. It's very expensive, very expensive, because they're worried about that. Actually, it costs more to buy a credit default swap on the United States than it does Mexico, Greece, or Brazil. That's kind of where we are. Finance humor. Finally, this is bad news, and it doesn't seem to get a lot of press. The fires in Canada aren't just bad. They're not far away from horrible. They've spread, and it's very dry. In fact, the whole west coast, that part of the coast, is probably 15, 20 degrees warmer than it should be. These are never good. They're always destructive in property, in all kinds of things, and... It's around their oil sand fields, which is extremely important to Canada and specifically Alberta. We should watch these and see what can happen, but the only country we really import oil from, since the United States is still the largest generator of oil, is Canada. So, and it would hurt them a lot if this gets worse or this entire summer is as bad a fire season as it was predicted to be last year. I hope not. This is bad news. Well, that's all there is. Please, I hope that people will feel there isn't much drama going on in the market. There really isn't a lot of drama. It's political. I think there's a reasonable chance this whole debt limit thing will be resolved this week. The president's got to go to Japan, and he can't, you know, sit there with a little dunce cap on. As always, send a question along. Info at shjwealthadvisors.com. Thanks for joining me.